Hello and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you all are having an absolutely wonderful day today. Hope you guys had a blessed, safe weekend and you're ready for the week ahead. Uh, beautiful weather down here in Florida, by the way. This is what we live for down here in Florida. Not what we live for, but this is one of the reasons why so many people moved down here, about 60 degrees today. And something, over the weekend, my wife and I went to Orlando, actually stayed up there for the night, got away for the night, uh, Ted and Sharon watched the kids. It was a really nice outing as far as to get away for a night. And so we ended up going to the Mall of Millennia in Orlando. And, you know, as Lana and I, we've been talking about a lot of stuff that had been going on. I told her, I said, she had to go there to a store to pick something up in person because she got it on sale. And basically it was like you had to do an in-store pickup or they were going to ship it, but it was going to take two weeks. And they, she needed it for Dad's birthday party coming up this weekend. Some napkins. It was something minor. So I was like, okay, let's go to the uh, let's go to the Millennium Mall. I said, you understand, though. I said, there's probably going to be some flack because we're not wearing masks. I said, we're in Orlando. They're still trying to do this, like, ordinance in Orlando, but they can't really enforce it legally, but they can tell you you have to wear one. So, okay. So we went there, and at first, it wasn't much of an issue. We stopped by one store who actually had a line outside. They were only letting so many people in. And uh, the girl came up to us. She's like, hey, you have to have a face covering to come in. And I said, uh, we can't. I said, we both have medical exemptions from doctor. And she goes, oh, okay. Um, well, let me talk to my manager. Do you have the letters? I said, yeah, here you go. Here's the letters. So we're going to go in. We're going to shop it. And she's like, all right, let me talk to the manager real quick, and we'll get it situated. Well, a couple minutes later, she comes out with the manager. They hand us back the letters, and they said, listen, they're like, we're really, really sorry, but we cannot let you in without a mask. And I said, well, we have medical exemptions. She goes, yes, I know, but we can't let you in. I said, well, what about, you're basically, this is kind of discriminatory, you know, because we have disabilities, so to speak, is what I said. American Disability Act prevents people from being discriminated against if they have a disability. She goes, the problem with this is, she goes, this is no longer viewed as a disability the basically top of the food chain in our company has sent a directive down that if anybody at any point in time comes into a store without a mask on and we allow it we get fired like on the spot i said are you joking right now she goes no she goes it's horrible to be honest with you she goes i would love for you to come in she goes i would love for you to buy stuff we're you know already dealing with having minimal people in there and everything else she goes but we've already had this issue and we've tried to override it and basically write to higher ups and they've blatantly told us you cannot allow anybody in the store without a mask on it is mandatory 100 percent and i said you do realize how horrible that is for business don't you and she goes Trust me. She goes, this has been a fight that we have not been able to win. And I said, okay. I said, well, we'll go shop somewhere else. And she goes, I'm really sorry. She goes, feel free to check it out online or anything. I said, nah, I'm, I'm done. You know, I'm whatever. So we run over to the store. Lana has to get the napkins in, right? The Pottery Barn, this is the name of the store. I don't even know much about the store. Apparently they sell stuff for home decor. We walk in. Lana goes, hey, I need to pick up. And they said, okay. You know, we don't have a mask on. And the lady in the front was real nice. We got our stuff. We ended up leaving. No issue at all. And it was funny, we're leaving, there's signs on the floor, you know, stay six feet apart, pass safely. That's what it said on the signs on the floor, pass safely. Like, I have to watch myself when I pass people, apparently, to make sure I pass them safely. I thought it was just funny. Well, we walk around the mall, not much going on. Everybody's wearing masks. And I saw one of the most bizarre things I've witnessed in recent history. 
I saw a man walking, okay, with an ice cream cone. Got an ice cream cone. Nice big thing of ice cream. Looked good, actually. And he takes off his mask. He's walking towards me. He takes off his mask. He takes a bite of his ice cream cone and then rehooks his mask back on his ear and continues to, I guess, chew and enjoy his ice cream, if you can do that, but wearing a mask. And I'm looking at him with this perplexed look on my face, and Lana's looking the other way, and I told her, I said, look at this. And she looked. She, she missed him as he walked by, and of course, as he's walking by, he's taking his mask off again, taking another bite of ice cream and putting it back on, and I went, oh my gosh, America's gone full stupid. We've, we, we were about to lose this doggone country. People have become this brainwashed. Well, Lana goes, hey, you know, Pottery Barn has this mirror that I would like for the house. And I said, okay, well, i got to get you a Christmas present. You want to get a little mirror? We'll go in there. So we walked back in the Pottery Barn, the store that we have a bag carrying products of, that we just walked out of, you know, 20 minutes before. So we walked to the back of the store, and all of a sudden this lady comes up to me, Acted like a lesbian, I'll be honest with you. Just her demeanor. She was, uh, you have to have a mask on. I said, no, 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 thank you. I said, we have, uh, we have medical exemptions. No, don't worry about it. And she's like, no, they are mandatory in the store, sir. I said, I'm, I apologize. I'm not communicating. We have medical exemptions. And I said, we were just here 20 minutes ago, hence the bag my wife's carrying. I'm about to buy some more stuff from you. She was, it doesn't matter. It's store policy. You have to wear a mask. And I said, you're telling me? I have to leave the store for not wearing a mask. She goes, I'm telling you that we cannot assist you or help you. I said, that's fine. I didn't ask for your help or assistance. I want to buy a mirror. We will not check you out or ring you up if you do not wear a mask, sir. And I said, so now you're telling me you're going to deny me service for not wearing a mask. She goes, sir, you have to put on a mask now. I said, no. I said, do you not know what the American Disability Act is? I have two medical exemptions here. I am not putting on a mask for health reasons. You cannot discriminate against me. As you sir, it is store policy. You will not be allowed to stay in the store. It is private property. And I said, cool, it's private property. This is allegedly still a free country, and I have a medical exemption. She goes, sir, I'm going to ask you to leave the premises now. You're being unruly. I said, excuse me, I'm being unruly? She goes, sir, you need to leave now, or we're getting Orlando PD dispatched. And I said, you know what? I will never grace your presence in this store, and I will never have my wife buy anything from you again if I'm going to be treated with this much blatant disrespect and denial of service, even when I have a medical exemption that I'm handing right now, and I just bought something from you. I said, I am gone. Goodbye. And we left, because I already, I already learned, I've told you guys this before, I learned a long time ago, once somebody pulls the private property card, and once somebody pulls the law enforcement card, and technically I am on private property because I'm in their store at that point in time, there's no reason to continue escalating it because it's going to be a loss. If you continue to escalate it, law enforcement will be dispatched. I know, dealt with that. And then at that point in time, they're going to ask you to leave, and it's going to turn into a giant brouhaha. And then if you get real unruly, they're going to trespass warn you from the entire mall. Then if you show up, they're basically going to arrest you for trespassing next time you show up. And I didn't want to escalate it there. But I told Lynn, I said, this has become one of the most bizarre things with this COVID cult now. And I said, always remember, I said, where else do you hear mask mandatory? I said, it's always in those occult rituals when you look that stuff up. I said, just like in the movie, Eyes Wide Shut with Tom Cruise, a movie I don't recommend unless you watch it on television edited. It has some very graphic sexual stuff in it. But it depicts 
the occultic orgies of what they do in these Babylonian ceremonies where they all wear masks. And they said that. He walks into this big mansion. He says, you need to wear a mask. Everybody's wearing masks. You have to cover up your face. It's mandatory. Masks are mandatory. And I told her, I said, they're bringing us right in to this occultic ritual by forcing people to cover your face. And I said, I will not do it. I absolutely will not comply whatsoever. Now my resolve is dug in. Now you're going to see me be a complete and total butt of myself when people try to act like that. And you guys will be proud of me. I didn't use any profanity. I didn't insult her. I didn't say any bad words or anything like that. I did start to get very loud. I was, I'm, but I'm, I have a loud voice. And by the way, the entire store watched what happened. Maybe somebody woke up. Maybe somebody thought, God, this is just some really, really educated, you know, <laughs> guy from Arbordale that wants to be loud. I don't know. More than likely, it probably didn't even make a drop in the bucket with anybody in the store. But I at least proved my point on what I was trying to say, and I stood right. my ground, and I did not buy anything. And that's the thing, guys, and I encourage everybody that. I know Dad's got some stuff he's about to go into as well. And that's what I keep telling everybody, guys. You have to stand your ground on this, and you have to stand up. There's a point in time where we no longer have the option to sit back and say, okay, I'll be submissive, I'll comply. This isn't that anymore, guys. The CDC already said the only reason you need to wear a mask is if you're infected. That's it. They blatantly said that. And there was one other couple. The entire mall, entire time we were there, one couple walked past, didn't have a mask on. And I looked at him. I said, thank you for not wearing a mask. And he looked at me, actually saluted me. I don't know why. I mean, he looked probably prior military. And he goes, absolutely. I said, thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you for standing up and standing your ground with this right now because this is the last-ditch effort that we have to make before it goes real, real south, Dad. What do you think? <laughs> I'm proud of you, Austin. I, I mean, let me tell you a story. This is the Millennium Mall. And, guys, you have to understand something. Orlando is a gay town. I mean, they had a huge billboard up a couple of years ago. It was going to be Gay Week at Disney, and they basically had it promoted on the billboards on Interstate 4. I, I'm not making the, I'm not making this weird stuff up. I, I don't make anything up. And so one day we were uh, over the same mall, Millennium Mall. This was years ago before COVID ever hit. And Sharon wanted to go to a dress shop that was called Cachets. This is right after 2008, 2009, when all the stores were closing up. People were going out of business because of what happened with the financial meltdown because of the Kabbalists. And I was basically at this store where she wanted to go to this dress store. So I wanted to go wander around the mall some. So I was going to go upstairs on the escalator. Well, right before I got to the escalator, uh, there were about 25, 30 gays wearing their little, you know, carrying their little briefcase, all heading up to the Louis Vuitton store at the mall. And they were all like in line, like they were doing a little gay parade through the mall. And they were carrying their briefcases, their little pushed up sleeves. I mean, total, 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 total gay. And so they all got in front of me on the escalator one at a time and 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 one at a time. I'm standing at the base of the escalator thinking, I'm stuck behind the gay parade. Okay. So I finally get up behind the gay parade and go up to the stairs and think to myself, this is just really bizarre. Well, because of the gay parade, I was a few minutes late, so finally I walked back over to Cachet's, and Sharon was in there buying some clothes, and the manager was there, and I said to Sharon, she, was, she said, what took you so long, Ted? And I said, well, I was stuck behind the gay parade. And the manager goes, what did you say? I said, there was a gay parade going up the escalator going to Louis Vuitton. And she goes, ah, ah, I can't believe you said that. I said, said what? She said, you said it was a gay parade. I said, it was a gay parade. You're being racist and bigoted. I said, I know I'm not. I'm not. I didn't say anything bad about gays. 
I said, you're the one who's you know pitching a little fit. I said, I didn't say anything. She goes, you must be from Polk County over there with Grady Judd. I'm like, yeah, that's us. <laughs> said, what does that have to do with the gay parade? I didn't say I didn't like gays. I didn't say there was anything wrong with the gay parade. I said, I just got stuck behind the gay parade. And she proceeded basically to have a meltdown. So we proceeded to leave the store and buy nothing. Right? So there we go. That's Orlando, the home of the special interest groups. You know, what is it, 70, 80, 90% in some cases, depending on which particular part of the industry of Disney you get into, is gay. I was walking through Disney one day, and there were two guys, and they were, they were flamers. I mean, flamers. You guys know what I mean by flamers. And I had my little kids with me. This is 10 years ago, and I still went to Disney. And they were doing their little lispy talk. And I, I waited until the kids walked by, and I said, Will you guys stop it? And they go, What do you mean? I said, stop talking so doggone gay. I said, you don't have to talk like that. And I said, I've got children here. I said, you can't, they go, you can't talk to us like that. I said, I just did. I said, stop it. You don't have to act like this. You got families here. Well, they huffed away. You know, huffed, you know how they huff. And I thought, this is so stupid. You know, you try to get along with people, but they try to push their agenda and push their narrative on you. So what we've, what we've become is the country of the special interest groups. People have been asking me, do you believe the United States is going to get back to the glory that it once was back during World War II? To be able to put a multi-million man force together to go fight a war and storm the beaches of Normandy. And I submit that under no scenario will this country ever be able to do that again. I mean, the empire's done. Do you think we can resurrect the empire? I don't think so. I mean, empires don't resurrect. I mean, when the United when England lost its war in Napoleon, actually it won the war with Napoleon, but it bankrupted the country, and then it lost the war with the colonies. It never came back to the glory that it once was. It was bankrupt, and then after World War One and World War Two, England was done. I mean, they've never been able to resurrect England. I mean, they used to say, you know, the sun never sets on England because every so many countries, India and all these other places in China and all over Africa, they were all British colonies. But trying to resurrect an empire never works. Once an empire loses momentum, and especially their ideological credibility, they're done. In other words, when you stop raising little Americans, yeah, the, the dead body of the country can still emit some heat and maybe have a little bit of you know organ function still for a few minutes after the person dies. I mean, the Roman Empire took 200 years to completely and totally collapse from the barbarians. But, you know, dead is dead. You know, mostly dead bodies will blow and stink and Pretty much that applies to dead empires. And here we are. You know, we're stinking I heaven. People are saying, well, who's going to win the election? I already told you he's going to win the election. Unless Trump has hacked off his Kabbalist handlers, he's going to win, period. That's just the bottom line. Unless, you know, they want Biden to come in and push his particular rhetoric and policies, but, you know, Biden will get 10, 12 people in Pennsylvania in a rally. Trump will bring in 50,000. But yet Biden's leading in the polls in Pennsylvania. It's all lies. It's the same thing they did back with Hillary. And what it's, what it's designed to do from the media standpoint is to prevent people from going to the polls. Well, Trump's going to lose on a landslide to Biden. Okay, that's what they want you to believe. 15-point difference in the polls. Okay, well, it's nonsense. It's a lie. Trump's probably leading by 15 points. And unless they completely hack the election and give it to Biden, there's no way that a person who's the father of Hunter Biden, the known pedophile, rapist, torturer, weirdo, criminal, you remember, an apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. Got to remember that, guys. So, I mean, so nobody's going to vote for Hyden, you know, Hunter Biden slash Joe Biden slash the hoe 
And I mean, ho, Kamala Harris, she's a whore, total whore. Nobody's going to vote for her, or for him. They're not going to do it. Who has any sense and has a brain cell left. But because we've destroyed the youth of our country, the youth of our country will probably vote for them because they've been completely and totally brainwashed in the cities, you know, and in the universities. And so this is where we are. I mean, you know, Greenwall writes, American media is gripped in a polarized cultural war that is forcing journalism to conform to tribal groupthink narratives that are often divorced from truth and catered to perspectives that are not reflective of the broader public, but instead a minority of hyperpartisan elites. Now, what the heck does that mean? Here's what it means. America basically has been divided into tribal groups. You know, we got the left versus the right. And the problem is the left is not indicative of the population in a, as a whole as far as the bulk of the population. But they're just louder and more obnoxious and more willing to riot and start fires and loot. All right? that's, that's who the left is. So they're trying to force the conformity by doing a paradigm shift to create that. So let's go back to World War II for a second. I, you guys know that I like to do this, and I'm tying all of this together right now. But let's go back to Dresden. I've told you guys about Dresden. Dresden is a city that was in Eastern Europe that was probably the site of the worst bombing holocaust, and I use that word very clearly, in World War II. Some authors say up to 600,000 dead in one night. In fact, General Field Marshal Keitel said that 600,000 were killed in Dresden, by the way. In fact, if you look at a lot of the videos from Germany from World War II that were supposedly concentration camps where they were pushing dead bodies into ditches by using bulldozers, that wasn't the concentration camps, guys. That was Dresden. Just thought I'd give you a little history lesson on that. They were videotaping what had happened in Dresden. Because remember, the concentration camps were slave labor camps. They were being used to produce munitions and all kinds of other armament for Germany. They weren't going to kill their labor. They weren't going to kill the slave labor. Now, I'm not saying that people weren't killed in concentration camps, and I'm saying they weren't shot for sport. I'm not saying any of that stuff, and I'm not saying they weren't experimented on. I'm not saying it because I believe all that stuff happened too. Now, but the problem is 600,000 died in Dresden in one night. I mean, the Holocaust that was unleashed on Dresden, it didn't have any kind of strategic or tactical advantage. I mean, it was what it was was a giant druid blood sacrifice. That's what Dresden was. They came over the middle of the night, about 12 o'clock. It was in February, unbelievably cold evening in Germany. And they used concussion bombs, and they bombed the entire Baroque city, beautiful architecture, and blew all the, all the roofs off all the buildings. Then they came in with incendiary bombs, and they basically lit it up. And then when all the people ran out to the river there, right by Dresden, they ended up going out there with P-51 Mustangs and their British fighters and came in with... 50 caliber machine guns and strafed all the women and children that were huddled by the river trying not to freeze to death because the fire was preventing them from going back into the city because everything was burned. 600,000 dead according to General Field Marshal Title to the point they had to use bulldozers to push the piled bodies up into giant ditches to bury them. Okay. That was the resolve of Winston Churchill the Druid. The Satanist. That's what he was. I Eisenhower, after the war, he put millions of people, I posted all this stuff on the website, put millions of Germans into concentration camps behind barbed wire and had them starved to death over a period of two or three years. Oh, yeah, he did that too. And so we talk about this stuff, 
But that's the resolve of these Kabbalists that run the planet. So I'm going to give you another story right now. And I told you all of that to tell you this. This is, listen to me, for really, really important. This is a Yale psychiatrist now, MD psychiatrist. And she made international news with this this weekend. Yale psychiatrist suggested the middle America may need to be leveled like Dresden to stop Trump. Yeah, you just heard that. I'm repeat it. Yale psychiatrist, I'm sure she's probably a hardcore communist, suggests middle America may need to be leveled. We're talking like Dresden to stop Trump. In other words, firebombed. She goes on to say, middle America may need to be leveled like Dresden in order to break the Hitler-esque spell Trump has on his supporters. Yale psychiatrist Brandy X. Lee suggested in a post on Twitter. Lee, who bills herself as an expert on global violence prevention, <laughs> she's a global violence prevention, but she wants the middle America to be leveled like Dresden, wrote Wednesday on Twitter, a reporter whose grandparents were refugees from Nazi Germany related to me, I cannot help but remember a conversation I had with my grandfather about the firebombing of Dresden, whether he thought the Allies should be reproached for targeting civilians. He said, I remember this well, that it was a necessity because nothing short of the sight of seeing their cities level would have broken the Hitler spell. The German public, he said, was not open to reason. They could not be persuaded to abandon Hitler. A common haunted her, she said. Needless to say, we are seeing the same phenomenon here, and every day that Donald Trump has exposure to the public, his spell binds his followers ever more deeply as mental health experts are precisely the ones banned from comment. Now, I had to bring this to you because they're using the Dresden analogy of what happened with Germany. Now, I've got to go one step further. Before the war started, after Poland got invaded and Germany declared war on England and all that, I'm sorry, that England declared war on Germany. You guys didn't realize it happened that way, but that's what happened. Because they were, they were, England was, you know, allies with Poland. But, you know, it's, it's funny. Germany took half of Poland. Russia attacked the other half of Poland. But England only declared war on Germany, not on Russia. That's because both Russia and England were being controlled by the Rothschild Kabbalists. Thought I'd mention that. Read the book, The Bad War, for more information on that particular topic, which has been banned on Amazon, but you can get it for free as a PDF online. But Hitler sent his emissaries over to England before this thing started escalating in World War II, and he tried to tell Churchill he did not want to have any cities or targets of civilians bombed like it had happened in World War One with the shelling. He didn't want to have that happen again. Hitler said, let's not do that. Let's not bomb England. Let's not bomb, let's not bomb London. Let's just go for military targets and be done with it, not kill civilians. And Churchill, basically, he responded very quickly by bombing Berlin. Sent his airplanes in to bomb Berlin. Just to show Hitler that he was going to bomb whatever he wanted to bomb and kill as many civilians as he can as a blood ritual because he was a druid. So this is some of the little side things that you guys don't really hear about when it comes to Europe and to America and to what's happening. Now, I say that to bring you to this level. Robert Reich, okay, he was born June 24th, 1946, is an American economic advisor, professor, author, and political commentator. He served in the administrations of Presidents Gerald Ford, Jimmy Carter, and Bill Clinton, he was Secretary of Labor from 93 to 97 with Clinton, and he was a member of Barack Obama's Economic Transition Advisory Board. Now, he's been the Chancellor Professor of Public Policy at Goldman. This is like Goldman Sachs, like we're talking Goldman, you know, Rothschild Goldman. 
you know, and all of these different people he was involved with. Now, let's find out his, his personal life, early person career. Reich was born in Scranton. I'm reading that from Wikipedia, by the way. Reich was born in Scranton, Pennsylvania, the son of Mildred Dorf and Edward Saul Reich, who owned a woman's clothing store, and his family is Jewish. As a child, he was diagnosed with multiple diseases and was also known having Fairbanks disease, a bone disorder. And so, giving, making, giving him a very short statue. So, you say, well, we don't care about Reich. Why do, why, why do we care about him? Well, you're going to care about him right now. Former Labor Secretary Reich is now calling for truth and a reconciliation commission to punish Trump supporters. Wait a minute. This is former labor guy. He's wanting to punish Trump supporters and a a blacklist of Trump supporters? Oh yeah. Clinton's former Secretary of Labor, Robert Reich, has called for a truth and reconciliation commission once Biden wins the presidential election and a blacklist of Trump supporters. Reich tweeted, okay, it would erase Trump's lives and comfort those who have been harmed by his hatefulness and name every official, politician, executive, and media mogul whose greed and cowardice enabled this catastrophe. Don Bagino emerged the voice of reason in this conversation, saying that, you know, this is a real tweet, and you've been warned. Liberals are looking for revenge, and they're not kidding. They can't win democratically, so they will push it tyrannically. Now, this means he wants to set up re-education camps, deprogramming centers. Now, you think, did we really do that in Germany during World War II, after World War II? Yes, we did. My mom was there. She was there for seven years after the war, and they had to denazify the Germans. And the ones that were the real hardcore Nazis, like the ones who were the military, they were basically put behind barbed wire and left to die. Now, this is one of the reasons they were so bad at Patton, because when Patton took control of that part of Europe that he was given, he released the German soldiers, had them come out of their uniforms and reassimilate into the population and become citizens again, and all H-E double sticks broke loose for Pat when he did that because they wanted those boys dead. They wanted them dead. And then he put the Nazi people back in who were running the cities and the water systems and the sewer systems and the buses and the trains and all H-E double sticks broke loose for him. Again, because he had put people who were qualified to run those positions back in positions of power. Then he said the unpardonable which got him killed. He said, we fought the wrong people. We fought the Germans. We should have fought the Russians. We need to rearm the German soldiers and go into Russia with our military why it's still here. Yeah, but that was something the Kabbalists would never allow because they had orchestrated World War One and World War II to set up Israel to create massive persecution against the Jews to push them back into Palestine to reconstruct the city and the country, the city you know, of Tel Aviv and the country of Israel. This is what the whole thing was about in addition to the fact that they wanted to cripple Germany as far as an economic powerhouse and because Germany basically had come in and said we are going to go in and we're going to basically get rid of the central banks in Germany and so this is what Hitler did and that was his big how should I say this his big kiss of death once he did that because once he did that his big crime was the fact that he no longer wanted Germany being tied together with the <laughs> with the international bankers. Let me read you the exact quote. This is a quote. This is Churchill to Lord Robert Boothby. This is quoted in the forward of the second edition of Sidney 
Rogers and propaganda in the next war, 2001. The original was done in 1938. Listen to this, guys. Germany's unforgivable crime before the Second World War, Churchill said, was her attempt to extricate her economic power from the world's trading system and to create her own exchange, that means her own currency, mechanism which would deny the world finance, that would be the Kabbalists, its opportunity to profit. Now, you just heard what I said. I'm going to say it again. Germany's unforgivable crime before the Second World War, Churchill said, was her attempt to extricate her economic power from the world's trading system and to create her own exchange mechanism which would deny world finance its opportunity to profit. So, in other words, Germany had to be destroyed because it stood against the international Rothschild, banking, Sabbatian, Kabbalist, Luciferian, synagogue of Satan, money control. Now you have it, my friends. You got riots saying we need re-education centers, like Hillary said, to take these dissidents like me and Austin and probably you guys into a concentration camp to re-educate them like they wanted to do with the Germans, and then they couldn't get them re-educated. They just killed them. And we also have a group of people saying now, this Yale psychiatrist, that the only way to fix this mess that Trump has done is what happened with Dresden. So here we find ourselves again in the twilight zone, the day before probably one of the most important elections in our country's history, when we see the international cartels closing their grip on the United States. But remember, we're not going to go down in flames right away. When they built Washington, D.C., they built it and put all the major streets in a pentagram with an open leg to trap the seething energies of Lucifer, the city on the hill, the new Atlantis. We were not founded in 1776 as a Christian country. We were founded as a Masonic country. And this Masonic group that has run this country along with the CFR in these secret societies, including the Kabbalists, for over 200 years now, they're not going to do away with us because they've got to make sure before we go into the ash heap of history that we precipitate a new world order, a one world government, a one world currency, and a one world religion under their light bearer, who Albert Pike says is Lucifer. What a mess. And guys, we will never have a political solution to a spiritual problem. The Christians in the pulpit, the pastors and the pansies in the pulpit have allowed this to happen. They've allowed the United States patriot, who are Christians, to step away from their responsibilities to maintain the republic. Austin, what do you think? Wow, that was well said. And you're absolutely right. I mean, if, if, if you don't think this is a serious spiritual battle that we're fighting right now, all you have to do is look at the signs that have been in front of Biden's campaign on his podium every day. A lot of people have seen this now. With the, the text, the 30330, that's, it's very easy math. You take 2020, like the year 2020, you divide it by 666, the sixes you see on the ground everywhere, yeah, those, the mark of the beast, 666, divide it, 2020, what do you get? You get 30330, that's what you get. <laughs> it's math. And then to make it even creepier, in front of all the podiums now, if you guys have seen this, where it says, you know, text the 30330, right underneath it, it says, battle for the soul of the nation. Battle for the soul of the nation? That's the new motto now that they're pushing? 
Think about that for a second, guys. Think about what they're saying and what they're telling you right out in the open. 2020 divided by the mark of the beast. That's our number we want you to text us because we're battling for the soul of the nation. I tell you right now, they're not trying to battle for the good soul as far as for what they want to make it as far as a Christian aspect. They're playing for blood, like a Tombstone movie. They're not joking. This is not a joke. They're, they're very much playing for blood right now. And they're telling us what they're doing. This is why you see everything that's occurring. This is why they're trying to completely and totally ruin the entire economic system of the world. Like Dad just said, you can't take a booming economy, an unbelievably aggressive economy, even though it's been run and controlled by the bankers, it was still booming because Americans love to work. It's what we do. And take that economy and all of a sudden roll it peacefully into a one-world currency one world economy, one world government. Doesn't work. Nobody goes along with it. Everybody's like, uh, no, nah, no, nah, that's, that's going to be that's going to be a hard pass. We're just we're not going to do that. We're not going to do it. Okay. So how do you do it? You completely ruin the economy. There's an article came out from RT said the coronavirus will result in fewer airline companies globally now because firms basically are going under. The head of the International Air Transport Association said, according to him, he said the air transport situation is catastrophic. He said in Europe, air traffic is about 35% of what it was last year. He goes on to say now, he said, with intercontinental traffic falling by more than 90%, he said it is likely that the sector will come out of this crisis smaller than before, which is to say there will be fewer players who will likely be smaller than before. That means passengers will have less access to some destinations and less freedom to move, end quote. Think about it for a second, guys. That bumbling buffoon Cortez we have in Congress she came out with, remember, the, the Green Deal, idiotic Green Deal. Remember, everybody, everybody laughed. Everybody laughed. This, this, this is moronic. To even come out with something this stupid it just shows how ignorant you are. But she said, I want to have all air traffic stop. Everything needs to go to electric trains. We do not need to have any more reliance on any type of fuel whatsoever. Everything needs to go full electric. And everybody laughed at her. They laughed at her. You're going to stop planes? You're not going to stop economy like that? Guess what, guys? They've stopped the planes. They're down. They're not going. And now they've mandated these things, and they're intentionally making sure they're going to make it as difficult and as nightmarish as possible to fly. You've got to wear a mask. Oh, your mask is below your nose. You're ejected out. Like, like, we're, like we're dealing with some type of you know, communist regime. Put your mask on. Papers. Let me see your COVID pass. You're like, golly, I'd rather not fly. Well, there you go. Remember the Hunger Games? The film, especially the first one, is very telling. They got the 12 districts. Everything's train transport. Remember that. There's no cars. The only people who have cars are the military, and they got MRAPs in that film. Everything they do to transport via train, District 2, go to the train, and there. Now, of course, the military has planes as well, but think about it for a second. Planes are pretty much done. The economy's done. I mean, they're, they're, it's going to be very difficult to come out of this now. And what they've done is they've transferred all the wealth to the monster corporations like I talked to you guys about two weeks ago. With the Billionaire Boys Club globally, their net worth has grown $2.2 trillion in the last four months. All the big companies are doing fantastic. You look at the stock market. Apple, Google, Amazon, they're all exploding with growth. But go a couple, go couple towns around. I mean, we were stop through Winter Haven the other day with Lambeth. 
All these areas for lease, for rent, for sale. Just, I mean, places boarding up one after another, after another, after another, after another. I mean, McDonald's is still busy. Yeah, of course they are. <laughs> but, guys, this is what's happening right now. And now they're doing everything they can to stifle free speech. And that's why I'm so adamant about standing my ground with a lot of these topics now. It's not because if I put on a mask, am I, oh, my gosh, it's the end of the world if I put a mask on. No, it's not. It's not. I could. I could, I could submit. I could do it. I could put on a mask and comply and go shopping like everybody else and be, be you know, the, the new normal, they want to call it. But I won't. I refuse to. Because we're at that point now. Who's, who's going to say no? Who's going to stand up for our rights? I know our listeners are. I know our health master's family are. I know I am. I know dad is. Where, where are we going to go with this, guys? If we don't say no, who's going to say no? And where's the line drawn? And that's what I bring to everybody all the time when I have this argument with people. How far are we going to take this? We really going to let it go to a COVID shot pass? You're not going to be able to go to the mall. You're not going to be able to shop unless you get your COVID vaccine. Okay, well, guess, guess who won't be going to the mall ever again? <laughs> it's just that. Who's going to say no? When are we going to stand up and stand our ground? And that's the million-dollar question. Canada now is about to go full-blown totalitarian, if they're not already. Last week, members of parliament voted 305 to 7 in favor of Bill C-6. I talked about the Hagman show on Friday. just happened last week. And now moves to the House of Commons. And you go, Austin. What is Bill C-6 in Canada, and why the heck do I care what they do in Canada? Oh, well, this could be a very precipitating incident in Canada that can set a standpoint, can set some things in motion all around the world. The government of Canada is now saying Bill C-6, and you can read it, I pulled it up, C-6 becomes law. Parents would be subject to criminal prosecution for private conversations with their children about sexual orientation. I'm not joking. The Bill C-6 outlaws so-called conversion therapy, which defines as a practice, treatment, or service designed to change a person's sexual orientation to heterosexual or gender identity to cisgender or to repress or reduce non- All right, I don't know if Austin just came off the air or not, but I heard a beep, beep, and I don't hear Austin anymore, so I'm going to talk, talk, like I think Austin's gone, gone, <laughs> unless I'm the one off the air, so I don't know since we're at different locations. You know, it's funny, Austin's talking about the cisgender and the basically the banning of conversion therapy now for homosexual people who basically uh, want to be converted. And why is this? Why are they banning this? Why do they not? Why do the Kabbalists not want you to not be gay? Let's ask ourselves that question. And I talked about it last Monday on the show. I'm going to discuss it again today in detail right now. I wasn't going to go into this topic, but since Austin was talking about it, he was just cut off the air. I'm going to discuss it. The Kabbalah believes, the book of the Zohar believes, that God was basically initially a hermaphrodite. He was split. And basically, Adam and Eve were hermaphroditics, and he was split. They were split. And they believed that this breakdown of human beings being male and female is against the natural order of things. That's why they. I'm back, bud. Sorry about that. I don't know what happened. My phone cut out. Oh, that's okay. Let me, let me finish this one sentence, and I'll just take back over. Yes. So, well, what, you, what you, no, Kabbalah, you take it right here. I'm going to pull up another article. Okay, so what, the, what these Kabbalists want, especially there in Canada where they rule so strongly, and in England, they want to make it illegal if someone wants to be hermaphrodite or gay 
or lesbian, they want them to basically shut up, go away, and not allow conversion therapy because they consider you being a hermaphrodite or gay or being a lesbian closer to the ideal state that God wants you in. This is why they're pushing this gender therapy. This is why they're pushing little five-year-old boys to have their appendages cut off and go on hormone replacement therapy for the rest of their life, even though they can't make a decision because they're in a state of brainwave state. This is who these clowns are. And don't let them kid you. This is the, the agenda. This is their religion. They're, so, they're as committed to doing this as I am committed to serving my Lord Jesus Christ. That's the truth. These guys are hardcore Luciferian Sabbatine Kabbalists. They want to create everything to be as negative as it possibly can to resurrect their serpent god from the pit. Ein Saf is his name. And they want to have the ability to have a one-world totalitarian government with everybody being a hermaphrodite. They want to kill 90% of the population of the planet and enslave the other 10% to be our to be slaves to them. This is being pushed through Shabbat Lubavitch, of which Jared Kushner and Ivanka Kushner are both members. Just thought I'd mention that in brief passing. They study the Zohar, because remember what these guys say. You'll never understand the Torah unless you study the Talmud. You'll never understand the Talmud unless you study the Zohar and you become a Kabbalist. But their ideology and their beliefs are so twisted and so steeped in Satanism and witchcraft and idolatry and perversion, it absolutely blows your mind when you get involved and you start looking at this stuff and you start understanding just how twisted they all are. So does it surprise me that Austin's talking about this and all of a sudden he gets cut off the air? Absolutely not. That's why I picked up the slack immediately. In other words, whatever Austin was going to say, I just double slammed it. So guess who? cut us loose or whatever just happened how about that I'm in a different location and you didn't cut me off at the same time rah rah ha ha on you for doing that you know Paul Craig Roberts basically wrote an article he said America is a dead man walking because the American youth or at least their minds have been stolen and you know he's right because the United States is a screwed up country in this regard the USSQ rivals he starts to say that the voting age is only 18 years of age, which is also the age of female sexual consent and military enlistment. So at 18 years of age, a youth can affect the governance of the country, get legally laid, kill and die in combat, but are considered too irresponsible, too imbecile to basically drink alcohol or to purchase a pistol from a licensed dealer until three years later at the age of 21. An 18-year-old can be sent off to war armed to his teeth but cannot legally purchase a pistol in a gun store. He or she can influence how we are governed, but cannot purchase a drink at a bar or a restaurant. And this was the big policy that forced the change to allow 18-year-olds to drink and to vote back in the 70s because of the Vietnam War. Because enough people said, you know what, this is stupid. You're telling us that you're going to vote for us to get drafted, but we can't even vote against you. In other words, you could send us to our death, and we have no voice whatsoever in doing this. Now, Roberts goes on to say, he says, graduates of American schools need a decade to recover from their socialist indoctrination communist think tanks they're involved in. He goes on to say, I propose that the legal voting age of the U.S. should be legislated at 30 years of age. Perhaps it would be best if the voting age was 40 years or even 50 years of age, because by then at least some people have learned lessons from life. At 18 years of age, no lessons have been learned. 
you know, it's interesting. We were all 17 at one time. We were. And at 17, you really don't think through, in most cases you don't, of what will happen to you in the event when you make a certain decision. In other words, you sneak out in the middle of the night. You get into an automobile accident. You basically get your parents sued because you're driving their car. You end up getting somebody killed. Massive lawsuits ensue in all different directions. You're involved. The police are involved. Everybody shows up at your door at 4 o'clock in the morning, and you're the parent banging on the door, letting you know that your child has been in an accident or something else has happened. You think, well, I didn't think that was going to happen. Well, that's what 17-year-olds think. They don't think. They don't clear through their minds because they're not at the age of concrete, rational thought. But when you have Yale psychiatrists saying that we need to be leveled like Dresden to stop Trump and that Reich, the former labor secretary, says we need to set up rehabilitation indoctrination centers like Hillary Clinton said to people who supported Trump. Guys, they're not kidding. Why Why are they not kidding? Let me share something with you about Stalin You know, and Lenin. When Lenin basically died in the early 20s and Stalin took over, he set up indoctrination camps throughout the Soviet Union and throughout Russia at that point because the Soviet Union had not yet expanded because the Allies had not given them all of these countries like Poland and Czechoslovakia and everything else in order to push their communist group think tank into. But Stalin would go into people's homes. He would have his, his henchmen do that. And if they found Bibles or Christian crosses, he'd take them outside and have them killed. He was very unhappy. He said if he couldn't kill at least 12,000 Christians, people a day. A day! So he basically was part of this giant Kabbalist takeover of Russia, the killing of Tsar Nicholas, whose main crime was at the beginning of the 1800s when the Rothschilds had decided to take over most of Europe because of war debt. He bailed everybody out. And they set up a blood libel against the Nicholas family to kill them. And they waited 100 years, but they killed every one of them. They actually bayoneted and macheted and, and beat these poor children to death and butted them with the rifles. I mean, all of this stuff. And then they burned them. I mean, this was a nightmare what they did to the royal family in Russia. It was our Nicholas. But it was to prove a point. Look what they've done to Germany now with the blood libel they've had with Dresden. 600,000 dead in one night. Think about that, friends. Bulldozers having to push the bodies into giant ditches and bury them. And then they put that up as war propaganda that was happening at concentration camps. And then they tell us that the bodies in the concentration camps were cremated and burned. Well, then how do you explain the bodies being pushed into the ditches by bulldozers if all the bodies were cremated? I mean, it's all so stupid the way they come up with these crazy things, these people who write these history books, how they change everything so nobody remembers what really happened. Guys, they're doing it again. This is the cult of the brave new normal. And I'm so proud of Austin Atlanta for not participating in that cult this past weekend at these stores in the unbelievably politically correct gay, I should say, Orlando area Millennium Mall that you have to be forced to wear a mask. But always remember, guys, many gays have impaired immune systems. That's why they end up with AIDS. The gays probably want you to wear a mask because their immune systems are impaired. And so when you have that type of power from a legislative standpoint, from a voting block standpoint in Orange County up there where Orlando is, they can pretty much do whatever they want to do when they get to the polls. Austin, what do you think, bud? What's your next story? No, that's exactly what we're seeing now is these groups come together. See, I've gotten spoiled in Auburndale where our office is because 
pretty much in Polk County, we've chosen not to participate in the COVID. <laughs> we, just, we, just, we opted out of it. Nobody's really sick. Nobody's really having any health problems around here. Everybody's pretty, pretty healthy for the most part. And uh, we just we opted out. Pretty much all the businesses are wide open again. Auburndale, little local, you know, areas doing great. The economy's pushing back. Everybody's, you know, doing stuff again for the most part in our little area. Nobody's wearing a mask for the most part in Auburndale. You still have a few stragglers that, you know, walk around by themselves on the sidewalk and wear a mask like morons. But, I mean, that's – every town has morons. You can't, you can't fix stupid. So I've gotten spoiled <laughs> because where we live now, it's kind of like, oh, okay, everything's kind of back to normal. But I knew when we went out and I told Lynn, I said, there is a high probability – we're going to have an issue. I'll tell you this much. I don't ever tell anybody this because I don't like to admit this, but I did it on purpose. I intentionally left my handgun in Lana's purse that she had with her. I did not carry it on my person because I had a very strong inclination that there was going to be some type of conflict when I went in there. Even though I did not want a conflict, I knew that if there was an issue, I was probably going to get patted down. They're probably going to ask me if I'm carrying a firearm. And I wanted to be able to say no and be able to pull my shirt up and not have some type of even bigger issue because most of those areas in Orlando, their policy is no firearms allowed on the premises. Now, Lana has a concealed carry permit, and she had a nice purse with her, so I put it in the bottom. And so, I mean, nobody, nobody has the right to go through your purse at that point without a warrant. I always remember that, by the way, guys. Whenever people want to ask you to start rummaging through your belongings, you, all law enforcement doesn't have a right to go through your purse. They don't have a right to go through your vehicle without consent or without basically a warrant or a inclination from a drug dog. I talked to someone about that a while back ago, and they said, you know, it doesn't matter. If it, there's no reason to say no. You know, I said, why? I said, why are you giving them a right to search your vehicle? I said, it doesn't matter if you do anything wrong or not. It doesn't matter if your vehicle's clean, there's nothing in there illicit. It doesn't matter. Why, why are you giving them the right to search your vehicle? Well, if you're not doing anything wrong, it doesn't matter. Well, is that the same argument we're going to keep using now all the time? You know, it doesn't matter we get spied on all the time. I don't do anything wrong. It doesn't matter they read all my emails and texts and listen to phone calls and the NSA data logs everything. I'm not doing anything wrong. Where, where does the line get drawn as far as with privacy and security? And that's the problem. A lot of people now have adopted that mindset. Well, I'm not doing anything wrong. It doesn't matter. I'm not doing anything wrong. Same thing we've seen with COVID now. Same thing. Well, I, it doesn't matter. It's not that big of a deal to wear a mask. I mean, I'm, I'm not worried about it. I'll just, I'll just wear it. Okay. Now we've seen what this country's turned into. A bunch of complete and total softies in some of these areas that refuse to stand up. And then you have these enforcement individuals who now, like Dad said, they now have this great power that they've been given. No, you tell them. They walk in the store with a mask. They have to get out. Oh, okay. Okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it now. And so now you have these, these, these snitches. And they're doing the universities now. They these snitch groups. Run around and snitch on people. Tell them, get them turned in. If they don't socially distance or they're having a party in college. Guys, please, continue to get this truth out there. Thank you for supporting Health Masters. And thank you so much again for forwarding these shows and waking people up. What's your next story, Dan? You, you know, Austin, the thing about all of this is, is that, you know, if we don't stand together like you just said, we're going to have a situation where this country is going to come apart really, really, really fast. This morning, I was on with Mancal, and you know, for about you know four or five minutes, like I normally am with him, and it's a very short show all the time when I'm with Mancal. And he, and he emailed me this morning, and he said, "Hey, Ted, you got any questions that I can ask you on the air this morning? Can you send me a list because I'd like to be able to have you back on again?" And 
you can ask them questions. And I said, sure, I can ask you a bunch of questions. But I said, here they are. Is Trump going to win? The answer is yes, unless the cabals get mad at him. Is Joe Biden as sick as Hunter? Uh, the answer is probably as sick because the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Plus, you know, Joe Biden is a sniffer. He's a weirdo. Now, now, is this an attempted communist coup right now in the United States? Yes and no. The left is hardcore communist, but they're being controlled by the same group. What it is is a hardcore Kabbalist coup. Now, next question was, will there be rioting in the cities tomorrow night? I can pretty much tell you guys, if you're in a major metropolitan area, Philadelphia, Detroit, Minneapolis, Portland, you're going to see some rioting that you've never seen tomorrow night if Trump wins this election. And it'll continue if he doesn't rescind the victory and say that George Biden won because Trump cheated. These guys have hired paid provocateurs to go in and create maximum chaos. That's one of the reasons they threw COVID into the mix. And they also threw 5G into the mix to try to mask its effects, like Austin talked about on Friday. If you have COVID, you may have 5G poisoning. Guys, people are leaving schools now with massive headaches and paralysis before COVID ever hit when they're close to a 5G proximity tower when it's been put into the school systems. So all of this stuff, again, is being used to bring in a new world order. So don't allow these guys to fool you and to turn you into a sweet duck and make you believe the narrative. Like I said, you want to vote for Trump, you vote for Trump. You want to vote for Biden? Yeah, I'll pray for you. I prayed for all of you this morning, but quite frankly, I don't think I've got any Biden listeners unless you guys are trolls listening to the show today. And chances are if you listen to this show, you hear me talking about Jesus, you're going to get saved anyhow, so it doesn't make a whole lot of difference. Keep listening to the show. Or you can vote for the, the Libertarian candidate. You choose who you want to vote for, but I'm telling you guys, it's all about the narrative with these guys, and they're going to put in whoever they want to put in. I love you guys. I Like I said a second ago, I got to pray for you today, and it's always my blessing. Go ahead and finish it up, awesome, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Absolutely, and I guess like Dad said very clearly, if you are in major cities, highly suggest you stay prepared or whatever your exit strategy is. I don't know where it's going to be the worst. I have no idea. I haven't gotten any confirms. I know when we saw the beginning of the year when the riots and the terrorist groups started to come out. Remember, there were random pallets of bricks all over the place, just random areas, pallets of bricks. Well, keep an eye out for those. If you're driving through town and there's just a random pallet of bricks on a sidewalk, check out for those. <laughs> I'm just being honest with you. Stuff like that, be very, very awake and aware. And to everybody else in all the other parts of America, thank you for standing up. And I encourage people, if you're somewhere and you see somebody not wearing a mask, thank them. If you see somebody in a confrontation about not wearing a mask, go stand up and watch their back. If I would have been in the store and somebody else would have been getting chewed out over a mask, I would have absolutely interjected. I wish somebody else in the store would have had my back. My wife did. But, I mean, that's that's it. Nobody else in the store but looked at me with these sheepy eyes with their mask on, like, oh, what's going on here? You know? It had been really nice. Somebody would walk in, pull their mask up, saying, you know what? He's right. It's ridiculous. You can't. Why are you doing this to him? But, again, I guess most people that go there are not really going to stand up for much of anything, unfortunately. So, we have to pick up the slack. Thank you, my friends, for the support. Healthmasters.com. Let us know if you need anything at all. Feel free to give us a call, 1-800-726-1834. All kinds.
kinds of different stuff on the website as always. We've got the immune support kit, we've got the vitamin C, everything that you need to stay healthy right on our website. Any questions, give us a call. The purple sticks on sale for 20% off product of the week. You guys love those. A lot of people love them. Dad loves them. They're great pre-workout. They're great basically if you have a meeting or something you got to do, give you a little energy boost with some of the green tea and B vitamins in it without having the heavy crash of using hard stimulants like coffee or, you know, the energy drinks. Those are the worst. So, again, check those out on the website, healthmasters.com, and be sure to vote for what you want to see when tomorrow. Actually, Wednesday. Wednesday we'll be changing it. There's a potassium iodide and prostate supporter, both neck and neck, taking the lead. So be sure to check those out at the website at healthmasters.com. And again, I encourage people, please forward the show. If you can't forward the show because people are just too much for some people, at least take some of the articles we have on the website every day and forward them something that's going to get their interest and maybe light a spark. Thank you again. You guys have a blessed, safe, awesome night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. 